For as long as I've known the NBA, it's been a stars league. But even among the stars, there's an exclusive club. Russell, Dr. J, Jordan, Kobe. They're all part of a select group that paved the way for the NBA superstar of today. And some even shared secrets with each other along the way. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Jackie McMullen, and this is the Icons Club. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. baby special early Wednesday edition of New York, New York with yours truly, J.J. Johnson-Stremski right here on the Ringer Podcast Network. We're surprising you a little bit. There's been a whole lot of news this week. So I said, all right, we don't want to get lost in the shuffle of the NCAA tournament. The Yankees are moving and shaking. The Jets are moving and shaking. The Giants have made a couple of moves. I said, let's do a pod today. Let's get it out in the open. Let's have some fun. So away we go. Look. I expected the minute the Josh Donaldson trade went down, we talked about it, what was it, Sunday night, where they took on 20-plus million dollars over the next two years. They had him. They had kind of Falefa. I said, guess what? Freddie Freeman's out for the New York Yankees. And there is a sense of annoyance, frustration, some anger from a lot of Yankee fans regarding Anthony Rizzo. I'm bothered by that. You want to know why I'm bothered by that? Anthony Rizzo is not the problem with the Yankees. In fact, he was one of the better players on the team last year. He came over from Chicago, was universally celebrated, played well for the Yankees, had big hits for the Yankees, played good defense, he's clutch, he's a leader. Rizzo is a good player. The idea that he's on a two-year contract, terrific. The issue that many of you Yankee fans have, and I understand it because you look at the last five to six years, you look at the way they have spent their money, and you wanted 
more pizzazz this offseason. You've wanted more pizzazz in other offseasons. I don't disagree with that. If your argument to me is the Yankees, J.J., are not a world championship team right here, right now, I would agree with you. But that's not on Anthony Rizzo. Look, the Yankees missed out on Corey Seager. They don't want to give Corey Seager $300 million. They want Volpe to be the shortstop at some point. They better be right on him. They better be right. But I see the logic there. Makes sense. They're probably thinking, hey, we have a player we like. We have a player who's somewhat affordable. And we have to go and sign Aaron Judge at the end of this year. And I know the Yankees print money. And nobody wants to hear the excuses from Hal Steinbrenner, which you heard earlier today. But don't make this about Anthony Rizzo. And here would be my kind of synopsis on where the Yankees stand right here, right now, as we tape this on March the 16th. Happy birthday, Kate, by the way, as I am doing a podcast on her birthday. She's thrilled about it. Actually, she doesn't care. She's with the Ducks. The Yankees, on this particular day, are not good enough. Not going to fight you on that. When the Toronto Blue Jays have the lineup that they do, they added Matt Chapman. Tampa Bay continues to be a thorn in the Yankees' side. The Yankees have to show you point blank that they can beat the Tampa Bay Rays. They're not good enough right here, right now. Number one, they're not done yet. Rumors of Montez, rumors of Minaya. That'd be a really strong move. Could they get in on Murphy, the catcher for the Oakland A's? You go and get those two guys in the mix. Then all of a sudden, this is a significantly better team. Like, the question a lot of people are throwing out there, and it's a fair question to have, as we are basically like three-plus weeks out from opening day. Are the Yankees a better baseball team than the one that we all saw at Fenway Park in a one-game playoff? Are they a better baseball team now than what they were then? My answer to that would be, they're slightly better. I think Donaldson's an upgrade over Gio Rochella, and I love Gio. Donaldson's gamer, warrior, can he play? Do they have the same pop behind the plate? No. Did they get better defense behind the plate? Yeah. Slightly better. But the Blue Jays are significantly better. We might be having a conversation about the Boston Red Sox signing Freddie Freeman. That would be problematic. So I'm in wait-and-see mode with this 2022 Yankee team. You know I'm not in love with the regime. I've soured on Brian Cashman, and I was always a big Cashman proponent. I'm not in love with the manager. It's going to be here. You have to accept it. But the overall talent on the team, it's good. It's a playoff team. They're going to win north of 90 games. Are they a championship team right here, right now? They are not. They are not. How they try to figure that out between now and then, it's going to be fascinating. But right now, they are not there. They are clearly not there. So you have all that going on with the Yankees. See, this vaccine stuff that's out there, I know a lot of Yankee fans and Mets fans are up in arms. Oh, what's going to happen? Are these guys going to be able to play? Mark my words. Between now and opening day, you will see Aaron Judge on the field. You will see whoever on the Mets is unvaccinated on the field. These rules make absolutely no sense. I mean, let's, let's call it what it is. Kyrie Irving can go and sit in the front row at the Barclays Center, have a grand old time, have some popcorn, take some pictures, do this, do that, hang with his teammates, travel with his teammates, Unvaccinated players can play, but yet all of a sudden, Kyrie, it makes, it's, 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 it's lunacy. And the new mayor, compared to our prior mayor, seems like he's got a good head on his shoulders. I know it's not saying much, but that's neither here nor there. I like the new mayor so far. Get it done, Eric. 
Kevin Durant said it the other day. I'll say it now. Get it done. Enough. Get it done. So that way we can see these guys on the field. But I think that'll end up being a whole lot to do about nothing. So that's going to be a story that dominates. Yankees got work to do, though, folks. Right now, the current product, good. Not good enough. Now, all the football news. So free agency, it's been cooking over the last couple of days. It has been fun to kind of see who's spending crazy money, who's giving out reasonable, fair contracts, and who's doing things the right way. Now, before I just start waxing poetic about what the New York Jets were able to do over these last few days, and I have loved what the New York Jets have done over the last couple of days, let me throw out this little disclaimer. I have seen the Jets over the last two or three years have some pretty decent off-seasons where I felt good about them. That obviously has not gone particularly well. Not the Le'Veon Bell offseason, which I hated because I hate the idea of paying a running back. I was right on that. But you think about the moves the Jets made. Lakin Tomlinson, perfect guy to add to the offensive line. Bruiser, knows what LaFleur is looking for. Can help elevate what was a solid line last year to maybe an even better line this year. Maybe with an additional player brought in the first round. Love the Lake and Tomlinson move. CJ Uzoma, shocking. I was so pleasantly surprised about that. The Jets have been searching for a tight end since Dustin Keller, for goodness sakes. So the idea that they can go and get Uzoma from the Bengals, good blocker, good in the red zone, should help Zach Wilson. Fabulous, fabulous move. I haven't called Beningo yet because he's probably golfing. I think I'm going to give him a call in about an hour after we finish this podcast. He's got to be thrilled this guy Berrios is coming back. And they got him on a team-friendly deal. You know, we were talking about Berrios getting big money maybe from somebody else. Two-year deal, $12 million, $7 million guaranteed. Perfect. Number three receiver, knows the offense, fits the offense, makes things happen on special teams, winning player. And they didn't go nuts for him. Good move. Kevin Coleman, bringing him back. Perfect compliment with Michael Carter. Great. Then you get DJ Reed. Then you get Jordan Whitehead. All in all, the Jets are making the sort of moves that are practical. They're not spending money like drunken sailors this offseason like they did in the McCagnan year where it reeked of desperation. These are wise, reasonable, forward-thinking signings. Got to see progress. Proof will be in the pudding on the field come September and October. But all in all, am I going to bellyache about the Jets and what they have done? No, they've done a fabulous, fabulous job. Giants, listen, they have as much money to spend. Feliciano will help on the offensive line. They get another lineman from the Colts. Good. Anytime you can get a lineman from a good offensive line, you feel good about it. So the vision from Shane and Dable is there. And Tyrod Taylor is the backup quarterback. Everyone thought it was going to be Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky wisely gets the opportunity to start right out of the gate in Pittsburgh. Now, he'll have rookie competition because the Steelers are probably going to go and take the Liberty Kid or they're going to take Kenny Pickett, who's the Pittsburgh hometown hero. Makes too much sense. So Mitch, listen, Mitch Apolusa is always tough to take. I'm not a huge fan. I know Danny Heifetz is not a huge fan. Um, but it'll end up being Tyrod Taylor as a backup. And with Daniel Jones and his injury history, do not be surprised if Tyrod Taylor ends up starting three or four games. But all in all, listen, nothing to like 
report as far as like earth shattering giant news out of free agency, but no surprise. No surprise there. And one more note before we hit Jeff Nelson. It gets lost in the shuffle plenty of times because of all the nonsense. As far as vaccine stuff, other extracurriculars that are going on with this particular dude, it's always something with Kyrie Irving. But, man, he is special. Like, that performance against the Orlando Magic last night, I mean, the guy's unguardable. When he's cooking, when he's humming, he's unguardable. And I think around here, for a couple of different reasons. One, he plays for Brooklyn and not the Knicks. Two, he hasn't played a ton. Injuries, vaccine, whatever. You lose sight of how damn good he is. And I know basketball people are probably listening saying, yeah, JJ, no shit. Kyrie Irving's a great player. I'm just telling you. Like, you realize the talent. Like, on nights like Tuesday night when he's torching the Orlando Magic, it's like, whoa. And this is why Brooklyn is going to say to themselves, hey, these mandates get lifted. Kyrie can play at home in the road. We got the rant. Let's go. Take our chances. With those two guys, I understand why. Cohesion, chemistry with Simmons and other guys on the team remains to be seen. But those two, they could put on a show. And that was some performance last night. All right. We'll have Jeff Nelson, who I love. I loved him when he was in the bullpen for the Yankees. He's doing the Marlins now. I mean, now he's like a big TV star doing the Marlins. He's doing like TV, radio, pre-post. He's all over the place. He's done a bunch of Yankee stuff. Um, I, I don't even know where he's doing these days. Like, I know he's got like a zillion broadcasts coming up. But Yankee news, Nelly's one of my guys. So I want to have Nelly on. We'll run through the Yankee offseason to this point. Voicemails are coming up. Trivia is coming up. And if you're wondering about our NCAA tournament stuff, Download the pod, Art the Caesar, Mike Carver on Ringer Gambling. We, like, broke down every nook and cranny imaginable of the bracket. So, you want NCAA tournament stuff, I got you covered there. But Jeff Nelson, my main man, he's coming up next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So, Yankees making moves left and right. Are they better than what they were a year ago? I think the jury's out on that. Let's welcome in a guy who won... Four World Series championships in the late 1990s. Uh, I love him. I think he's one of the dudes' dudes. He's doing a bunch of stuff now for the Marlins, pre-post, radio, TV, many, many talents. The former world champion, Jeff Nelson. What's up, Nelly? What's up, JJ? No, it's good having you aboard. Um, did you have the sense last year? Because I know I did. I was at Fenway Park. Cole gets rocked. Yankees lose to the Red Sox. I walked out of that building. I'm like, the team's got to look drastically different. I was there too. You know, I was there as well. So I was sitting right next to the Yankee dugout, right uh, close to home plate. And it was really odd to me because once they got down three to nothing, I kept looking in the dugout and I'm used to the teams that we were playing on. I'm like, okay, you know, no matter what happened when we were down, we felt like we were never out of it. As soon as they got down by three runs, they were out. I mean, there was no life in the dugout. Wow. So you're telling me the body language in that dugout stunk that night. Yeah. I didn't know that because I was on the other side. That's not good. No. And it was like, you know, you could see the body language from Cole 
the body language from the dugout. It was like, man, this is like this is only in the what first couple innings. I said, there's got to be some fight. This game is not over. And he, you know, I just couldn't see it. I said, there's no life in this dugout. There's no, there's no. Uh, it, it's almost like they've been defeated, and it's only the second or third inning. So it was really disappointing. Okay, they've made some changes. Let's start across the board here. We've had discussions about Sanchez. I felt like I was one of the last people defending him. And after last year, Nelly, it got to a point of no return. He couldn't handle the Yankees' best pitcher. He wasn't performing enough offensively. He'd have one or two hot weeks, but then you got to deal with mental gaffes, pass balls, that play against the Mets. I mean, I, I can't get that out of my head. Did you have an issue with the Yankees moving on from Gary Sanchez? No, I didn't. And, you know, hopefully the Twitter people, the podcast people, you know, social media, I think he's going to have a good year in Minnesota because I think I still think he's a talented player. I just didn't think that he was made for New York. I think he's a really big mental guy. I think pressures from New York, pressures from the media, uh, you know, Sports Center, whatever you you name the out the sports outlets. I think it really weighed on him. Uh, you know, he would have a good game and he couldn't carry it. He couldn't, you know, be consistent and and put together a few good games. I think in Minnesota, I mean, you're going to, I know you're going to see a tweet. So how come Sanchez didn't do that here? I think he's going to be, he's going to be able to relax. He's in a place that the media level and and the fan base is just all about loving their players. And he's going to have a good season. I think he's going to have a good year. I think he's a talented guy. He just was not made for New York. Yeah. And the Yankees needed more defense behind the plate. Right. But offense was a major problem for them. He was a part of that problem. Right. They go and get Donaldson and Connor Falefa. I love Donaldson as a player, Jeff. And you played on teams that had a mix of personalities. You had, you know, silent, soft-spoken guys. But you had some badasses on that team in the late 90s. Donaldson's a badass. I like the idea there's a little friction with Cole. I like the fact that he's going to go and give the umpire a business. He's going to go maybe give a teammate the business. That edge is a good thing, but he's 36 years old. And you have to wonder about durability. What did you think about the Yankees bringing in Josh Donaldson? You know, I didn't mind the trade either. I, I like a guy like that. He's a grinder. You know, he's got an edge to him. It's funny that Brian Cashman came out and said, oh, you know, this guy has an edge, something that we need. And even Brian Cashman saw it, just what I just mentioned a little bit ago, that there's just no life on that team. There's nobody with that, uh, like you just mentioned, a badass attitude. You know, we had the O'Neill, Jeter, you know, uh, Bernie Williams. You had Tino, who was a red ass at times. Donaldson's a red ass, you know, he brings a, he brings a mentality and a personality that the Yankees haven't seen in a while. And I think it's a great sign, but you're absolutely right. The biggest issue is, can he stay on the field? If he can stay on the field, he's a super player. He's a really good third baseman. I just don't, I, I just don't see him staying healthy enough for a full year. I love the trade. I like Kalafa. I think he's going to be a good shortstop. He's a good stopgap, but hopefully don't get rid of Volpe that you know, and you can put Kalafa back at third base when when Volpe is ready for short. So you do have some good young players there. I do like the trade. I know a lot of people didn't, but I, I liked it. I thought it made him better. And it's funny, Nelly. Everybody's trying to figure out, all right, with Rizzo now back in the fold, which I'm happy about. It's amazing. I know a lot of Yankee fans wanted Freddie Freeman. I wanted Freddie Freeman, too. All right, right. they didn't go the extra mile. They're still keeping a guy who was clutch, lefty, good glove, fit the team well. Changed the team when he came here. I'm thrilled Rizzo's back in the fold. They got five infielders for four spots. Donaldson's going to get a day off. Glaber's going to get a day off. Rizzo against the tough lefty's going to get a day off. I don't see a problem here 
with the idea of having five infielders, four spots, they'll figure it out. I don't think that's an issue at all. No, I, you know, I, I love the signing too. I, I'm a big Anthony Rizzo fan. I think he's a, a terrific guy in the clubhouse, terrific player, one of the best first basemen in, in baseball. Uh, I absolutely love the move. Um, you know, Freddie Freeman obviously would have been great. You know, he's one of the best underrated players. I mean, I think he's an underrated player because no, everybody overlooks this guy and he's a superstar. The problem that I have, you just mentioned, I have an issue with it because I think DJ LeMay, where does he fit in? Where is he? Where does he go? It, it, I think there's going to be something happening here, whether you're not going to be able to trade LeMahieu. I don't think. I think LeMahieu is going to be your everyday second baseman. I think Torres winds up getting. You think they end up trading Gleyber Torres? Fascinating. Been what, talking, for a starting pitcher? I think so. They've been talking to the A's with this Mantos and uh, who was the other guy? Manaya. Manaya and uh, Montes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they've been talking to them. So I think they can put together a package and it's going to have to be. Uh, Glaber Torres, you're going to have to give him up in order to get a quality starter. I think that's important with the Yankees. I think they need to improve their starting pitching. Uh, you know, as much as Garrett Cole is the ace, we've seen him in times, especially against the Red Sox and some of the big teams, that he hasn't been there when when we wanted or or the fans wanted or even the Yankee Yankee brass wanted. I think they moved Torres. I think Lemayhu, you got it. He had a down year because of the sports hernia. You knew something was going on with him that I think he's your everyday second baseman. Luke Boyd's the odd man out unless you're going to keep him on the bench. I think he's a guy that needs consistent at bat. So I don't know how productive he's going to be coming off the bench. But I think they move Torres. Okay. So if the Yankees go into opening day right here, right now, they're still not good enough, in my opinion, Jeff. Because you look at what Toronto has done. Right. Tampa has beaten them the last couple of years. All right, the Red Sox lose Schwalber, but you wonder if another move is coming for them. What is the move moving forward now that can get the Yankees atop this division? Is is it a starting pitcher? Is it adding an athletic outfielder? Like what right now, I think they're a good team. I think they're gonna win North 88 games. They're probably a playoff team. I don't see World Series caliber team. How did they get to that point? You're right. They're not better than the Blue Jays. I think the Blue Jays are probably the elite team in the East. You know, I kept counting out Tampa Bay last year, and I said, oh, they're... they're I'm they're done with that, play. Jeff. Every year I count them out. Every year they continue to win. Can't do I it. I know. I know. And, and, and I, they surprised me again. So I'm like, I can't count them out. I said, they've got to be right there with the Blue Jays. And you're right. The Yankees are not good enough yet to win, you know, to win or make, make the playoffs because there's going to be 12 teams in the American League that make the playoffs. You know, you look at what Seattle has done. Seattle's improved their team with a couple of the trades. Uh, they have some good young starting pitching. They're probably not done as well. Uh, but if you look at the East, uh, I think they need another starter. You know, I think you look at the outfield, and the thing that you have to, you know, you hold your breath every single time is Judge has got to stay healthy. Stanton's got to stay healthy. Joey Gallo is going to see the shift. He's, this is in 2023, so he's going to have to figure out how to be p- productive. Hicks has got to stay healthy. Uh, you have Donaldson's got to stay healthy. Everybody else I'm not worried about, but you look at the pitching. You have Cole, Severino. You hope that you can get a full year out of Severino. You know, you just haven't seen that over the last two or three years. You have Montgomery, Garcia, Herman. Uh, the bullpen, I think, is pretty solid. I think they need another starting pitching pitcher i think they need another i think they need a number three because i don't see i see everybody else like a four and a five and then you have severino and and cole is one and two you need that good number three and then i think then i think you're solid besides staying healthy you got to be then i think you're solid 
Do you think the Yankees laying off going the extra mile for Freeman? They didn't want to go and get a shortstop for Mega Bucks because I think they're in love with Volpe and I think they're looking for a placeholder. But they also think, Jeff, they have in the back of their mind, Aaron Judge is a free agent at the end of next year. They're going to have to pay Aaron Judge a boatload of money. Now, I don't know if he's commanding 10 years. He's going to be around 30 years old. But he's still going to get monster, monster money seven, eight years. I think the Yankees are thinking long and hard about that. Is it a must, you think, to get him locked up before opening day? Or can you kind of go through this year if he's a free agent, deal with it, accept it, and be a-okay? Because, like, when you were with the team, they didn't do that with Bernie. Bernie played his walk year. Then the Red Sox flirted with him. Thought the Yankees are going to sign Albert Bell. He ends up coming back. Jeter they locked up before that final year. Is that a must, you think, for the Yankees to lock up Judge now? I don't think it's a must. I, I think still it's a it's a wait in progress. You know, he says all the right things that he wants to be a Yankee. Uh, you only have a few weeks left in spring training. And then, you know, the, the famous cliche is I don't want to, you know, talk about any kind of extensions during the season. I don't think it's a must because I still want to see this guy stay healthy. I think he's a superstar when he's when he's healthy. He's going to be 31 years old when he goes to be a free agent. I think if the Yankees are smart, maybe they wait. They, you know, maybe all of a sudden they try to work on something with their agent. He doesn't need to be involved about halfway through the year. If he's staying healthy, he's being productive. I think then you could try to make a move to lock him up. I don't think the Yankees are going six, seven, eight years with anyone anymore. You know, if they didn't do that with Freeman, if they weren't going to give him a sixth year, I just don't see. I think they've been bit in the butt by some of these contracts, Aaron Hicks, uh, you look at some of the, you look at even Severino, some of these contracts that they've gone and and given these players, it's really bit them right in the ass because it hasn't been productive and it hasn't worked out. I don't see them going six over five years with, with an Aaron judge because I'm afraid that, and I think they think the same, same way that he won't be productive. He'll wind up being on the IL more times than him on the field. I brought this up the other day when I was doing TV about the whole Donaldson Cole thing. I remember when you guys traded for Clemens. Right. There was no love lost. Oh, I mean, Clemens no. was throwing at Jeter. He was throwing at Knobloch. I remember you guys had not the brawl you had with the Orioles, but right. it was like a mini bench clearing brawl with the Blue Jays at the end of that year. And I was bummed out about the trade. I remember that. But then Clemens comes in. I think Jeter and Knobloch had like catches equipment on. They're in batting yeah. practice. They're breaking the ice. And listen, all was good. Clemens won some big games for you guys. And that relationship was a whole lot to do about nothing. Is that the way you see this Cole Donaldson thing going down? Because, like, look, they don't like each other. Fine. I'm sure you have plenty of teammates you didn't love, but you're trying to win. You're playing in New York. Deal with it. Grow up. I don't think this will be an issue for the Yankees at all this year. You see the same thing? Yeah, I don't think so either. You have two really big competitors. And when when you're competing at this level and it gets heated, uh, you know, you're not going to like the opposing team, just like with with Roger. Roger came over to us, and as a pitcher, we didn't care because I, I actually watched him and learned a lot from him, you know, when he was on the opposing team, and he was an unbelievable teammate. And it's just water under the bridge. It's one of those things that you're, you're, you're in the heat of the moment, and you're trying to beat you, the other team. Roger Clemens is trying to beat everybody, whether it's the Yankees, Red Sox, you name it, whatever team he was with. You know, you look at Donaldson, you look at Cole, they're trying to beat up on each other. And these are two really competitive guys. So now they, now you bring them on the same team. I think it's great. I, I think it's water under the bridge. They're both fighting for the same thing. They both want to get to the playoffs. They both want to win the East. They both want to get to the World Series. So I, I think it's great. I, I think it was a 
great competition. Yes, they didn't like each other, but now they're on the same team. It's water under the bridge. You're doing Marlins games. You've been doing them for a while. You surprised Derek Jeter ended up selling the team or getting well, out of it as yeah, CEO? I should rephrase that. Yeah, you know, I, I, I've, I'm a little surprised because, you know, he was so passionate about being an owner and being the CEO. I thought for sure that he, he did his best. It's a very tough place to try to put together a winner. Uh, you look at what the East is, NL East is doing now. I mean, you'd look at the top four teams and, and every single one of them. And the Marlins, you know, they're trying their best to try to make moves. I guess he had a vision that maybe the Marlins were going to spend a little bit more money and free agency, and all of a sudden the lockout came. Uh, there's still that opportunity. He had a different vision. And I think it was mutual. I think it was one of those things that Jeter saw it a certain way, and then the team saw it a certain way. And instead of making it a really messy divorce, they just finally said, hey, you know what, let's go our separate ways, and that's the way it went. Jeff, that division is going to be something. I mean, the AL East is going to be something, but the Marlins got unbelievable starting pitching. Right. You have the Atlanta Braves coming off a World Series. They win a division every year. The Mets just brought Buck Showalter and Max Scherzer, and everyone around here thinks the Mets are loaded, and they should be. You have DeGrom and Scherzer 1-2, and Bassett is your number three. And then the Phillies making moves. They're bringing in Kyle Schwarber. Right. That is going to be one hell of an NL East. It is, and it, and even the Nationals are surprising. They're at, they're adding as well. I mean, I don't think they're going to add the old man Nelson Cruz. He's going to yeah, hit thirty five exactly. runs. Exactly. Which that was a shock. I mean, now that you have the DH in the National League, this guy could have gone anywhere, and he goes to a team that might wind up finishing fourth in the division. I didn't understand that at all, but it's a monster division. It's going to be uh, they're going to beat up on each other. It's and you know the Marlins are going to have to stay healthy if they're going to be able to compete in this division. They did it add a few guys. They're still looking to add a few more. Uh, it could be one of the strongest divisions in baseball, the NL East. Nelly, final one. You know a thing or two about pitching late inning relief. Do you see a scenario this year where Jonathan Loisega surpasses Araldis Chapman as the closer for the Yankees? I don't know. I don't see it right away only because, you know, the ninth inning, it takes a special person. And I think Loisega has got the stuff. You just have to have that mentality that there's nobody behind you. You're it. You're getting those last three outs. And I think we saw it a few times last year that he struggled a little bit doing that. Chad Green the same way. They struggle getting those last three outs of the game. I think having him as a setup guy, I think is perfect. Uh, hopefully Chapman comes out and, and, and throws together and puts together a strong year. But I don't see Loisega yet. Unless, unless Chapman gets hurt, I would slide him as a closer. I would put Loisega in that closer role. But otherwise, I'm leaving them in the seventh and eighth inning. Nelly, you the man, bro. Thanks for doing this. Uh, baseball will be here before you know it. So uh, get that Florida on. Get that golf swing to they where it needs to be. They got to get those vaccines. They got to get those vaccines. We're not going to see any of these guys. Uh, I think we will see Aaron Judge and we will see Anthony Rizzo sooner rather than later. I'm going out on a little bit of a limb there, but that <laughs> that's just my personal take. Nelly, love you, buddy. Thanks for doing right, it. CJJ. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, 
all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. Love Jeff Nelson. And, you know, it's still one of those things I get geeked out by. And maybe this makes me a nerd. Maybe this makes me a little lame. But, like, I grew up as a kid. Like, these were my guys, the late 90s Yankees. Paulie, Coney, Jeter, Bernie, Andy Pettit, Mariano, Nelly. These are my guys. And, like, the fact that, you know, you could just shoot the shit with these guys for, like, 20 minutes. And, you know, I, I play golf with Jeff. Jeff's, Jeff's the man. I've had some beers with Jeff. Great guy. Geeks me out every time. Geeks me out every time. All right. Your voicemails geek me out every time. Let's hit it. 917-382-1151. Let's make some magic. Cisco, uh, it's Anthony and Syosis. Listen, it is Wednesday morning, early on Wednesday morning. Uh, they signed Rizzo last night. Uh, Rizzo, 32 years old, Freeman, 30. Listen, is Freddie Freeman the better player? Of course. But from all indications, him asking for a sixth year, him going to the highest bidder, you knowing what the Yankees have become, not not, but, but very, uh, I, I, I guess, money conscious of how they invest their money. You just knew that Freeman wasn't coming here, but Rizzo is the next best thing. I mean, I'm sorry if I wrong. Rizzo is already here. Rizzo is the veteran presence. He's a left-handed bat. He's an outstanding field, you know, first baseman in terms of fielding. The veteran leadership, he's won already the whole thing. He's got power. He, you know, hits for contact. I have no problem with Rizzo. He's got the player opt-out, from what I read. So, you know, he's going to have a little incentive to play this year. And and the other thing now with these, you know, the, the post-trade deadline Yankees, and even the post-Glaver Torres shortstop experiment failure Yankees, once Torres moved back to second base, he was hitting like a different player. So now you have this shortstop uh, from Texas, who all indications, and I sent you that text the other day, from all indications, other than power, right, other than home runs, he's actually a better fielder than Urshela. Struck out a lot less, hit for contact, you know, gold glove caliber shortstop. Still don't know what to make of Donaldson. But you now have a situation where Luke Voigt makes no sense on this team. And LeMahieu, right, is either going to be your second baseman or a platoon guy. I, I'm of the belief you have to give these guys some stability. I actually like the idea of standing in right field a lot. Um, so, you know, we'll, we'll or, or sorry, even in left field, but obviously what does that mean for Judge Gallo? So, you know, they have four outfielders right now, four legitimate outfielders. I don't want to hear about Gardner. It, it's Hicksy, it's Hicksy, Newark's boy, Hicksy. That's Newark's boy, you know that. Judge Gallo and Stanton. So you now have a bit of a logjam in the infield, too. Boyd has to go. I'm curious to see where you would trade him. And I don't know. I, I might even take a packaging Torres and, and, and claim that, hey, you know what? You saw what he did at second base. He's not a shortstop. He's got the power there. But if you do that, you got to give me a power pitcher back. I mean, are the Reds blowing everything up? You go after the deal. I don't know. Uh, still a few more moves to be done, though. I'm, I'm curious your thoughts. I'm curious your thoughts, Disco J. You still haven't gotten back to me. What are you doing for March Madness? Where will you be watching the first weekend of March Madness? And more importantly, what are you thinking for the second weekend? I appreciate it, Syosset. Listen, I made my plans crystal clear. I'll be at the Borgata Friday and Saturday. It's going to be jumping. It's going to be hopping. It's going to be a scene. Hopefully, I'll see you and many other listeners down there. 
and we'll make some money. Um, the following Friday, we may have a return to the compound out in Farmingdale, Long Island. There is a certain someone who lives out in Farmingdale, Long Island that uh, we may be visiting. So you may want to stay tuned for the second weekend. Now, on a much more important note, Rizzo's a good player. Yankee fans should not be upset about the fact that Anthony Rizzo is back. The issue I think Yankee fans are running into is they look at this team and they say, good team, but where are the difference-making moves to elevate them from what they were a year ago? You bring up Torres. I'm not giving away Glaber Torres. Let me make this clear. I don't know if a team like the Cincinnati Reds is going to be in on Glaber from this standpoint. He's got to get paid in like two or three years. They're cutting payroll. They're going super cheap. Are they going to want Glaber Torres? My sense would be no. They're going to want Anthony Volpe. They're going to want guys who are 18, 19, 20 years old. Yes. Jeff Nelson brought it up a few minutes ago. If you told me I could trade Glaber Torres for Luis Castillo, am I perking up hearing that? 1,000%. Because then it makes the rest of your rotation that much better. Then all of a sudden, whoa, you got a one-two of Cole, Castillo, and then Seve is your three. You're cooking with gas. And you could slide what may you into second base. But for everybody like in a threat, and everybody who's like concerned of, well, where are the at-bats going to be for guys in the infield? This sort of stuff always works itself out. Forget about Voight. He's getting dumb. Whether it's for reliever, some minor leaguers, Voight has no purpose on this team anymore because they have five infielders for four spots without him. He has zero versatility. He can't play anywhere else, and he's an awful first baseman, and he's a right-handed power hitter. Goodbye. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for 2019-2020. Good luck somewhere else. Luke Voight will not be a Yankee. Mark my words. So, if it's five for four, DJ LeMayu could play third. DJ LeMayu could play second. DJ LeMayu could play first. You can find plenty of opportunities to get him at bats four to five days a week. Tough lefty, sit Anthony Rizzo. Want to sit Gallo against the tough lefty? Boom. You play Stanton in the outfield. Stanton, Hicks, Judge. DH, Josh Donaldson. DJ LeMayu's in there. There are plenty of at bats to go around. So, yeah, you have four outfielders because I'm counting Stanton as an outfielder this year. And you have five infielders for four spots. Fine. That can work. But more needs to be done. I don't know how they're upgrading a catcher. If it's not Murphy from the A's, I don't know. I don't know who it's going to be. I think it's more likely they end up with Montez or Manaya, who they've been linked to, as opposed to Castillo. Good call, Sayas. All right, who's next? Hey, JJ. Joe from Monroe Township, New Jersey. Weighing in on this Yankee trade involving Donaldson. I really don't know what the hell Cashman's doing. What do I need a 36-year-old right-handed hitting third baseman making over $20 million a year for the next two years and we get rid of Gio? I, I, I don't know where this organization is going. I really don't. This deal makes no sense to me. Yes, we got a serviceable shortstop in the process. We give Gary Sanchez away for nothing because Cashman let his value run down, but the tank was empty. I mean, thank goodness we signed Rizzo, but I just don't know where this organization is going. This makes no sense to me, this deal. And where am I playing DJ in the process of this move? What do I need with this Donaldson? I'm very confused by the move for Cashman. Thanks. 
I understand the confusion about adding a 36-year-old player for the next two years at $20-plus million. I get that. My read on what Brian Cashman is trying to do. Nelly brought it up. Wildcard game. Weird vibe in the clubhouse. I noticed it the last two years. They have too many nice guys. Donaldson is a hard up. He's going to fight with umpires. He's going to get in a teammate's face. He brings an intensity that I think has been lacking from this team. They have too many nice guys. He's a little bit of a jerk. That's good. Like, I think his teammates like him, but, like, he's going to be him. He's not going to apologize. He's not going to be afraid to ruffle feathers. This team needs a little of that in this clubhouse. So I, I think Cashman was thinking about it from that standpoint. Now, I would have hated this move day and bring Rizzo back. But now, all of a sudden, you got five infielders from four spots. Good. Somebody's going to get hurt. Somebody's going to miss time. My question is going to be, if Connor Falefa is not hitting at all, what are they doing at shortstop? Because they don't really have a backup shortstop. I think Connor Falefa is eventually a utility guy. They're waiting for Volpe. I don't know if Volpe's ready this year. Only suggested could be the case. Maybe it's this year. Maybe it's next year. Okay. Late games, kind of for life, is going to get pinch hit for. You could take it to the bank. And the catcher is going to get pinch hit for. So, like, you may have Hicks on the bench one night. You may have uh, Rizzo on the bench one night. You may have DJ or, or Donaldson on the bench one night. Like, that's going to be a thing. That's going to happen. I just wonder how they got better. I think Rizzo a full year helps this team. If Glaber gets back to the guy he was a couple of years ago, helps this team. Gallo can't be any worse. But Yankees are slightly better. The Blue Jays are drastically better. The pitching, Chapman, the young core, that's really, really good. That's the issue for the Yankees. They're a playoff team. Are they a championship team? Right now, the answer is no. They're not. Like, am I looking at the World Series and seeing the New York Yankees playing in the World Series? No. No, I'm not. All right, last but not least, then we'll hit some trivia. Hey, this is Anthony Madison, and I just want to rehash uh, the Yankees offseason. Uh, I, I don't understand what they're doing at all. You you do not go over the tax last year when it comes to the trade deadline and you pay extra prospects to not get over the tax just to then turn around and then pay for a guy like Josh Donaldson, who's been hurt for multiple years in a row. And then instead of getting a quality guy, like battles and just paying up prospects. I'm not talking both teams. Because obviously, if those guys were on, had to be in the deal, I understand why you don't do it. But if you're telling me a package of Peraza, Heel, and a couple other players doesn't come close to that package, I mean, Christian Pache, if you watched him, he was very, very mediocre to bad on offense. And he does not project well. And in prospect's eyes, He's not nearly as good as they thought he was. And Mike Lear is a good catching prospect, so clearly they're trying to move on from Murphy. And I've talked to a lot of Yankee fans that are good with Kyle Higashioka. And I'm sitting here like, Kyle Higashioka is barely a backup catcher in the major leagues. Yeah, he's quote-unquote good defensively, but he can't throw out any runners. He doesn't pitch frame that well. And he hit 181 last year. So how the hell am I supposed to trust Kyle Higashioka 
in a playoff series when it, it talks about playoffs. And oh, but I can't even talk about playoffs. I'm sorry, because we're the fourth best team, and we won't spend correctly, and we overspend on crap, and then we don't spend on quality. Thanks, Jason. I'm not going to call Josh Donaldson crap. I think that's unfair. The catching situation is concerning, but it would have been concerning if Gary Sanchez was here. Let's be real about that. Let's not make Gary Sanchez out to be the 2016-2017 version of Gary Sanchez. He had three good weeks, completely went in the tank, was awful on defense. I can live with the Yankees getting less offense out of the catcher's position. Like, did they probably miss the boat on JT Riamuto a couple of years ago? Yes. That also would have cost you $25-plus million over six, seven years. I've seen teams win with the likes of Jan Gomes and Christian Vasquez. Like, you, you can win with that sort of catcher if they call a good game, they put the ball in play, and they get a couple of clutch hits. Like, you could survive that. You could survive that. The point you're making about the division, though, is concerning. I think the Yankees, again, they have a good team. Let's not make the Yankees out to be an 80-win team. They're not an 80-win team. But are they the favorite in the American League? Not the way I see it. I don't think they're the favorite to win the division. Because I think Toronto's better, and you could argue Tampa is better. Right now, I would give the Yankees the edge over the Red Sox. That could change if Freddie Freeman is on Boston. A lot of moving parts here. That's why the Yankees, not done. Not done. I need another move or two before opening day. And I think it starts in the rotation. Because I do think, unfortunately, they should move Gallo and get another outfielder. That's what I would do. They're not going to do that. The Yankees are foolishly convincing themselves that Joey Gallo is going to be the guy he was in the first half in Texas. Well, even if he is, he's going to hit 230 and strike out a ton. So I'm not in love with that, personally. And, you know, I got into an argument with one of the great producers over at SNY. He was telling me he might hit 45 home runs. I said, whoopie freaking do. He's going to hit 220 in the process. I don't need more players like that. I'm not going to win that argument because the Yankees like him, at least for another year. Fine. Cool Rizzo back. Intrigued by Donaldson. Like that they got a little athlete at shortstop. I appreciate that they're valuing defensive catcher, but good team, not a great team yet. Not a great team. Count on a lot of ifs with the Yankees. And we've been saying that the last couple of years. They're doing the same thing again. Donaldson's an if. Severino, that is a monumental if for this team. He's got to be good. He's got to be good. He's got to be durable, too, in the process. So, if I were, like, predicting, this is the roster, this is the team for the Yankees. How many wins? I'd say they're, like, a 92-win team. Good. Playoff team. Well, I'd be picking them to win the World Series and make the World Series? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. All right, trivia time. I have been brutal. Let's call a spade a spade. Absolutely brutal over the last few weeks. Is the turnaround coming? Stay tuned. This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed. 
my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. All right, I'm due for redemption. I think Larry's ready to go. Larry, take it easy on me, buddy. JJ, Larry in Florida, two baseball questions for you today. Who has the highest batting composite batting average in the major leagues in the last three years, minimum 600 plate appearances? The second one is last year, there were five guys at MLB that had 30 homers and 20 steals. Who were they? I'm out. Whoa, Larry with some baseball doozies. Five guys, 30 homers, 20 steals in the 2021 season. And then the highest composite batting average over 600 point appearances in the last three years. Hmm. I'm going to start with that one. I'm going to start with that one. And even though he's coming off a down 2021 season, my first guess because of what he did in 19 and what he did in 20. D.J. LeMayu. Oh, man. I said that with such confidence, too. I said that with such confidence. Hmm. Okay. 19-20-21. Highest composite batting average. LeMayu's 2021 must have taken him out of the running in the proceedings. I'm going to go with one of Larry's boys here. I think he's going to be surprised by this. Is it Jose Ramirez? It is not Jose Ramirez. Yikes. I felt good about this one, too. So you got to think of, like, batting champs. That, that, that's what it boils down to. So, like, who, who won batting titles and who had crazy high batting averages in 19 and 20 and 21? Like, Yelich, is, he's tailed off. From that standpoint. So he's not somebody to consider. Bets? No. I don't, th- I, I don't think it's bets. Because his batting average took him took a little bit of a hit last year. Had him in fantasy. Did not have a great year. From a Mookie Betts standpoint. 19-20-21. Stefan, is it Bo Bichette? Wow. All right, I'm I'm way off here. American or National League player, Stefan? American. American. Household name, I assume, right? Yes, household name. You're thinking DJ LeMayhew. Him and DJ LeMayhew were like neck and neck. I know, I know who it is now. I think you gave me a good hint. Michael Brantley. Mm. No, not Michael Brantley. Okay. Okay, so I cut you off there on that hint. So maybe I was jumping the gun on that. Uh, he was there, but it's another guy who was right there with DJ, with Michael Brantley. Very contact guy. You might not assume, uh, like, you might not think of him as a contact guy, but he has, like, normally is, like, one of the highest batting averages every year. Hmm. Tim Anderson. There we go. That one took a little bit of work. 
Not going to lie, but we eventually got the answer. We hung in there. You know, we hung in there, Stefan. So I'm, I'm, I'm proud of that effort. I'm proud of that effort. Okay. Question number two. Five guys last year to have 30 home runs and 20 stolen bases. Hmm. There are not many guys that do that. Not many guys that do that. I'm going to throw my first one right out immediately. Fernando Tatis. One down, four to go. Got to think of guys that run. And you got to think of guys that have power. I know. Thank you, Captain Obvious. But we got one right out of the gate. So that's terrific. That is terrific. All right. Now I'm going to go with Larry's boy. Jose Ramirez. Two down. Three to go. Okay. I think Larry wanted me to have a little bit of success today. So he, he tried to give me at least, you know, a step in the right direction. 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases. You got to think about guys that run a lot. Got to think about guys that run a lot. I don't think Betts got the 30 home runs last year, so I'm not going to throw him in. I am not going to throw him in. I do not think Anderson got the 30 home runs. I love Tim Anderson as a player. Did not like that walk-off in the Field of Dreams game last year, but neither here nor there. 30 home runs, 20 stolen bases. Did Aaron Judge steal 20 bases? Yeah, I'm going to guess Aaron Judge. Mm. Nah, didn't get there. I know he ran a lot more in the second half of the year, but not enough to get to 20 stolen bases. It was worth a shot. It was worth a shot. Forget about Trout. He missed all year. I'm like, go, I'm like going through teams. It's like, who, who runs? Who runs? Javi Baez. No, I see. I, I felt good about that. Felt good about that. I thought he would have gotten the 20 steals. Thought he would have gotten the 20 steals. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a few more stabs at this, and then I'm going to wave the white flag. I feel like I've given a good effort here. I'm, I'm proud of the effort. That's kind of where we're at with our trivia performance these days. We're setting a really low bar. You're like going through each team in your mind. You're like, who steals bases? Who hits home runs? Don't think Otani stole 20 bases. I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Anybody on the White Sox? Anderson be the guy. You know what, Stephon? Screw it. Tim Anderson. Mm. No, because he didn't hit the home runs. There's no way. I'm going to give you one. All right. Because you just guessed it and you were right. So I'm going to give you Otani. Otani is one of the guys. So I'm really? Gonna give you Otani. Otani ended up getting stolen. See, you know what? You can't. I'm going to give you Otani. I'm going to give you Otani. I didn't think it was right, but I threw his name out into the open. So, I'm going to okay, give so it to you. Three. You said his name. So that's not a giveaway. Would you say? Would you say the final two guys, American or National League players, or one of each? One of each. Okay. One of each. I don't think Devers got the twenty steals. Cedric Mullins from the Orioles. There we go. I didn't know if he got the 30 home runs last year, but I knew he had a terrific year. Cedric Mullins is four. All right, so I need one in the National League. Hmm. Is it Juan Soto? Nah, he don't steal enough bases. He don't steal enough bases. 
that's the issue. You got to think about guys who like legitimately run. Nobody runs anymore. Nobody runs anymore. I think I know the last one. And he got hurt. Is it Ronald Acuna? It's not Acuna. Very close. Very close. Ozzie Albies. There we go. Got there. It was a process. It was the long and winding road. But you know what we call that? That is our road to recovery. A serious road to recovery here in our trivia performance. Now, before we say goodbye, Jeff Money's still in the lab, so he must be, like, drawing up all sorts of stuff for the NCAA tournament. Uh, I'll let you know what he has in store. We didn't hear from Jeff Money. Um, I see a report that Tibbs is going to be back with the Knicks. No surprise. It's very simple with them. If they're going to clean house, new front office, great. Then you could talk about the head coach. The head coach is not the biggest problem with this team. The biggest problem with this team all year has been the front office and the summer that they had. So to like scapegoat and blame Tom Thibodeau for that, in my opinion, would be ridiculously unfair. They lose Kenny Payne to Louisville. He had ties to Kentucky. He's a Louisville alum. Louisville desperately needs a jumpstart to their basketball program. So am I shocked that there's a report out there that Tibbs coming back? Not in the least. Now, I did the wall-to-wall plays for college basketball. I'm going to give you three here because I'm in a generous mood. Colorado State at high noon, take them plus a point. Take the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State plus the two against Providence. And then my last play for Thursday, last but not least, the Hoosier of Indiana. We'll ride Mike Woodson one more time, take it down St. Mary's. So Jackrabbit, Hoosier, Colorado State. That's your triple threat. Download that basketball pod. Bracket breakdown with Art and Carver if you haven't done so. We'll have Cinderella's up with Roger Sherman coming up in a little bit. And we're back Sunday with a New York, New York. So no New York, New York tomorrow. Surprised you with an earlier edition with some Yankee news and some free agency stuff in the NFL. Go work, Steph. JJ out. Be good, everybody.